0: Collateral Creatives was created and hosted by XN Radio. If you wish to get in touch with either me or Austin, feel free to leave us an email at ccmoody22 at gmail.com. We love getting feedback and requests for future episodes, so we look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for your listenership and enjoy the episode.
1: Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Collateral Creatives, the show where we go into content that's not necessarily Christian to hopefully find some characteristic of God or some other aspect of his gospel. I'm your host, Austin Murphy, and I'm joined once again by my lovely co host, Cheyenne Wyatt. And today we're going to go into things that control everything. <laughs> Uh, that's a pretty simple way to put it, honestly. Uh, if you were here for last week, which you should have been, if you weren't, I'm disappointed in you personally, if you weren't.
0: oh, he's disappointed in you. Like, on a personal
1: level, like, you specifically, Jimmy. There's someone out there named Jimmy. I know Uh it. Somebody. And he's gonna be all like, oh, he knows my name. But, anyway. Right. Yeah. Last week we had Professor Jeremy Pettit and he wanted to discuss more about technology, culture, and theology, how those things come together. You can hear more about that on his show, Elul's Cafe, E-L-L-U-L apostrophe S. It's pretty easy to find on Spotify because there's not a single thing on Spotify with Elul as a name. <laughs> but he goes deep into those topics. We wanted to bring him in last week to talk about technology in general, how we can find God in a technological culture. And at the end, we wanted to To sort of tease that we're going to talk about Disney a little bit. And the reason why we wanted to talk about Disney wasn't just because Disney has made a lot of content. It's because Disney controls a lot of content. So uh, here's a little bit of a fun fact. This was kind of teased by Pettit last episode. But he sort of exposed something that we were going to be talking about which is that everything that you interact with everything that you see usually in terms of marketing advertising technology most of the time culture even is controlled by some major company six to be exact comcast walt disney at&t paramount sony and fox so those six companies dominate the entirety of all these industries. Most film companies are owned underneath these companies. Uh, A lot of technological companies are all run by it. Some news companies are actually owned by Disney specifically. So because of that, it gets a little bit scary in a lot of ways when you start to kind of think about the possibility that everything that you're consuming, everything that you are interacting with isn't really up to you to decide because all of it has been curated by one specific person that knows exactly what you want quote unquote you know
0: yeah and the thing with that too is that it loses the diversity of opinions
1: mm-hmm, and <laughs> it just yeah. gets
0: unified into like one or in this case six different sources where they kind of stick to like the branding.
1: Yeah, and we already know about Disney's controversies with the many times that they wanted to stick to what they believe in, uh, which is usually what a lot of progressive culture wants.
0: Um, Oh, and there's a lot of other controversies with Disney too. Um,
1: Oh, like the one they filmed Mulan?
0: Yeah, with the whole genocide thing?
1: Yeah. Like they were filming it right outside of uh, another nation that was in the middle of killing like hundreds of thousands of people they filmed
0: it in China, but the place where they filmed it is a place where a minority group of Muslims lives mm-hmm. and that minority group of Muslims has been persecuted in China because they're Muslim, yep, and um so the Chinese government has been doing things to this people group.
1: A couple of naughty things.
0: <laughs> um, and, you know, you can find articles about that online, about how, like, some people will say like, oh, it's concentration camp levels, and some people will just be like, oh, no, they're just, like, controlled. And either way, it's very sketchy. Mm-hmm. And then Disney was just like, oh, thank you for letting us use this region. And it's like, Eh, not the best to just be okay with Mm -hmm. going into a place that belongs to those people who are not being treated correctly and like so many people got upset with that and that's why Mulan especially was really controversial and there's a lot of things like with the Chinese government that um, Disney as like compromised with mm-hmm. um, like whenever they make um, it was like the born in China movie with like the little cute animals and stuff yeah um, they had to do specific things for that movie too and so like whenever they make movies that like end up getting distributed in China they have to like do certain things to make it okay yeah and So yeah, a lot of it is just like we want to make money and that gets prioritized over actually like having good morals. And when they're controlling so many different things, you, at least I, would hope that a company that has their hands in so many different areas of life would have good morals and like would have an emphasis on treating people well over simply making money.
1: Yeah. And Disney is most certainly not going to be representing what you were hoping. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: the ideal has not <laughs> been achieved.
1: Because when we're actually looking at it, like I have a small list of some of the most recognizable things that you very might well, listener, may be interacting with, and you're thinking. Oh, it's independent, or, oh, it's got its own V1 things. Well, here's the thing. I'm going to start it off with the one thing that a lot of people tend to go to, especially these days, because they want independent news. They want news that doesn't have any sort of bias or anything like that. They own Vice, and Vice started as an independent news company. They sent out their reporters to different countries to get hands-on experiences. They sent Vice into the, uh, the tent cities of New York City, To get interviews and all of that they wanted to tell stories that most other film companies and news companies weren't interested in telling and now they've devolved and now they're pretty much like everybody else just they're still hands-on but it's clear that they're not as passionate about it as they were before um uh, no surprise that came shortly after the disney purchase but uh other things that they own that you may not have actually like gotten to understand uh, They don't just own Vice They also own ABC So another news company ABC News They Well they own ABC in general But they also own mm-hmm. to that extent ABC News They also own Fox which was interesting Because Disney owns Fox and Fox is one of the six Media companies so Disney owns One of the six um, So that's just kind of There but since they own Fox that's because That's also why they own Things like National Geographic they will do whatever they want with National Geographic. Um, they also own... Uh, there's, I think it's a another news source called Sky, which Sky broadcasts in the UK, Ireland, Germany, all that. Or Deutschland, if you're like that. <laughs> um, they also have Hulu, which I actually didn't know that they owned Hulu, but you know. That
0: kind of makes sense.
1: Yeah. Uh, they also, of course, own Pixar. That's their one of their head honchos.
0: If they own Hulu, why would they make Disney Plus?
1: Well, because Hulu is is Hulu and Disney Plus cover two different aspects. Hulu covers live television, mm-hmm. and they have specific contracts with other companies that will operate the TV shows. So things like USA Network or uh, TLC. A lot of their shows will go up on the Hulu the same day as they go up on live broadcast, sometimes okay. sooner than that. Disney Plus specifically is a... is like a historical vault and a modern uh, w- platform for everything Disney has ever made, ever. That yeah, they were even included with. Like, if they were just slightly involved with the production of something, that is on Disney Plus. So, there are films that I didn't know that Disney was involved with that is up there. So... Like Newsies, I didn't know that Disney worked on Newsies. I think it's in the intro, but I didn't pay attention, so I had no idea that that was there. uh No surprise to anyone. they own Marvel. They now own Star Wars. <laughs> um,
0: They've owned Star Wars for a while
1: yeah, uh they also own this movie this like movie streaming service called Movies Anywhere. that's a different service entirely. Uh, they own... Funny enough, they own steamboats. Like, they have a steamboat company called Steamboat Ventures. And
0: Actually, it's... that makes sense, given that, like, the, they yeah. do cruises and stuff, too.
1: And the fact that their first, like, big cartoon was Mickey Mouse on a steamboat. Mm-hmm. So, like, Steamboat Willie, that was what yeah. it was. Man, that... And I've watched that animation. It's weird. <laughs> like, from start to finish, it's so weird, and it also a lot of it is just like man i actually don't think that this would make it to modern audiences i don't think that a lot of people would like it it's it's not as innocent as a lot of people think it is it's it's yeah, yeah it's it's actually kind of uh interesting in a lot of ways <laughs> um they that with that company steamboat they actually have those th- that company specifically is spread out across the entire planet basically um the the majority of the holdings on it is china so they also own GoPro, which that was another thing I had no idea about. A couple other things. The the biggest one, uh, like, out of this massive sort of image that I found that has all these different it's companies. It's shaped
0: like Mickey Mouse, it's by the way. It's shaped like Mickey Mouse, Like, yeah. the diagram of, like, everything they own is shaped like <laughs> Mickey
1: Mouse. Um, they own ESPN. Like, the entirety of it. All of it. Uh, so... They have all these different smaller companies that are specified within that category, but ESPN is entirely owned by Disney. And they kind of summarized it by having this like like color key to categorize what sections they are so just to summarize everything that they own they own the films you watch the television you watch, the music and the radio you listen to, the games you play some of the finances that you'll get in financial companies is owned by Disney you got some theaters that are owned by Disney, you have consumer, consumer goods, so that's like things that you eat, things that you wear property and parks, a lot of the construction is done by Disney, if they're going to be doing it for the themselves they have their own publishing companies and they own a lot of publishing companies and they have a ton of digital marketing companies so they own a lot uh just a massive amount of things and a lot of it is also third-party uh companies that they've just decided to just buy uh, like a bunch of different um film companies that were just hi i'm starting up could i please get money and they're like yes of course but please sign this contract here and they're like oh sweet and then 20 years from then they're like why why can't I publish this movie by myself and I'm like oh you fool we own you now mm-hmm. <laughs> um, now to, to explain why this is sort of dangerous um, is because thinking about it this way that uh, Disney owns ABC ESPN Touchstone Pictures a film company Marvel Lucasfilm that Star Wars and e one of the biggest uh, TV channels on the planet. The History Channel, also the, one of the biggest channels on the planet. Lifetime, also a biggest channel on the planet. Li- uh, Pixar, Hollywood Records, which is Hollywood Records. That's music. That's a lot of music. Vice, that's the, that's the um, uh, news company. And then a core publishing team, which is publishing a lot of things. So a good portion of what you consume is being controlled by one guy. And that can seem reasonably so kind of dangerous because now you have to kind of consider everything that you're consuming everything that you're being involved with is owned by someone and it's being controlled by someone so you kind of have to you kind of have to go back and forth on how you feel about that because i think that it's in terms of a christian perspective it's easy to be like oh god's in control yeah he can be in control of everything i'm cool with that and then saying oh there's a company that is in control of most things that I do in my life because they know exactly where I'm going to be, how I'm going to do, how I'm going to live my life for the day and how they can plug themselves into my daily lifestyle because that's the way that everything works. Everything works off of an algorithm. The algorithm is able to track how long you're using your phone. They'll know what emails you respond to and when they should send the email, depending on when you use your phone, they'll be able to find the time when you have availability to check your email. Uh, They have all sorts of these automatic sort of situations and circumstances that they can use to track everything that you're doing and control all of what you're doing, including that which is, you know, content or entertainment media that you consume. So, things like, I mean, this is the one that a lot of people kind of skip over, is the fact they own Chronicles of Narnia. Like, Disney, the company that owns everything, owns a piece of Christian media. Question like it's it's Christian. I consider it Christian media.
0: Yeah, at least it's based on Christian media.
1: Yeah, and the story is straight up just the gospel. So, <laughs> Yeah. Um Yeah, whenever it comes to that sort of thing, which 2 weeks ago we talked about YouTube. I think it was 2 weeks ago, 3 weeks ago? 2. 2. I think. Uh we talked about YouTube and the funny thing is that uh, Disney Disney owns quite a bit of YouTube content.
0: Disney owns everything.
1: <laughs> There's everything
0: a is Disney
1: There are there was a company that was around for a little bit called Maker Studios. Maker Studios was I think the easiest way to say it is that it was invasive as a company basically maker studios would have the job of with this massive pool of budget that disney had given them they had to find youtubers that were profitable or a face of some kind that people could recognize and make a show for them so suddenly youtube started having these sort of paid shows made by maker studios featuring your favorite youtubers and A lot of YouTubers described it as being one of the strangest experiences they've ever had because they went from being in their room, usually their own little private area, recording their YouTube channel and recording their videos and all that, to being on a professional film set with all these people directing them and all of that and how they're going to be doing things. They didn't have very much control over what was being made. Uh, sometimes they got a little bit lucky Like Vsauce, one of the most entertaining uh, Sort of scientific Informational channels on YouTube He got to do a show with Maker Studios That I think was called Brain Games or something like that mm-hmm. And it was, it was He said he had a good time with that show But there were other shows that people worked on Uh, I think the most popular YouTube channel on YouTube is PewDiePie, and he had a YouTube show with Maker Studios as well called Scare PewDiePie, because he was known for doing horror games at the time, so they made real-life horror games for him to play. Uh, these real, like, they took real sets, they made all these things, they had costume designers, they had all this stuff, and they just said, alright, we're gonna put you at the start, you gotta get to the finish, just figure it out, and he had no idea what he was doing. Um... And, and then eventually the show got canned and There was just so much that got in control out of control in a lot of ways too on YouTube And maker studios eventually just had to kind of dissolve so now maker studios is sort of in other areas of the company It's sort of been kind of spread out mm-hmm. But that's kind of the the big issue that we're tackling right now is we are currently living in a world that is owned like it is financially economically owned by basically six guys that know what you're doing know how to get you to do most of what they want you to do and they will do it in as many ways possible they'll know how to make money off of your activity basically so in a world that is currently controlling us we have to find a way to and I mean it sounds easy especially when you're just saying it, it sounds easy but we have to find a way to make sure that we're not getting distracted by the things that they're trying to sort of get us to do so that we can focus on what's really important doing whatever it is that God would have us for our lives or living in a way that is pleasing to God Um, now some people have this easy missionaries they kind of get just disconnected from the world for a little while
0: I don't know if I would say missionaries have it easy
1: I would say easy in terms of media
0: not always
1: I mean they're disconnected pretty hard
0: sometimes sometimes they aren't
1: I mean, these days, sure, but they don't uh, have—they're not going to have as easy of an access to everything that we're getting bogged down with every single day.
0: Yeah, but the fact that they have limited access a lot of the time makes it even harder.
1: They have access to pure communication tools, though, which is pretty much all you need. Mm Mhm. So uh, that's what I'm saying—is that unless you get completely off the grid, and like uh, those uh, those sort of situations, you have uh, uh, it—you have a much easier time avoiding getting controlled by the media companies that want to get you to do whatever it is that they want you to do so that you can so they can make money off of you so if you're not off the grid (laughs) how do you live in that sort of environment um now we do uh, there are solutions that i could offer but i wanted to know what your thoughts are on that sort of thing first before i go and talk for the entire episode
0: (laughs) I mean, I feel like we haven't said discernment yet this episode. (laughs) Uh, So the token discernment of the episode should probably be tossed out now.
1: The token discernment.
0: (laughs) Uh, Because, yeah, with all of that, just like everything you just said... Um Discernment is going to be important. You have to be aware of the situation and you have to know, like, okay, all of this is being influenced by somebody else. And they might not, probably don't, have my best interest in mind. Like, ideally, like I was talking about earlier... We would hope that the people who have the most control in the world would be the good guys. Mm -hmm. The ones who would make decisions that are selfless. Who would make decisions that are morally sound. But most of the time people in control who have power are going to make decisions that are influenced by getting more power, by making money. And people will get hurt by that Mm -hmm. and so we have to be aware like hey we stand to get hurt by some of the decisions that the people in power are making and we need to know like where to stand so that we aren't in the crossfire Mm -hmm. as best as like as best as we can like sometimes you can't avoid um, getting hit (laughs) by something I think also, like, we need to pray for people who are in positions of power. We forget about that a lot, I think. We're Mm -hmm. just like, ah, those capitalists.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Those stupid dictators. This is a democracy. It's a dictatorship. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Like, you know, presidents, um, even teachers. Like, we complain about people in authority all the time. But, like hey instead of complaining let's pray for them um, because like you were saying God is ultimately the one who's in control and yes like there's other people who are in control but he did place them in that position of power for a reason mm-hmm. and he's the one who's going to determine like when that position stops existing yeah. and so when they are doing things that are bad When they are using power poorly, we should pray about that. Mm -hmm. Maybe they'll stop using their power for bad things and start using it for good things. Because, yeah, there are actually some good things that Disney does as well. Like, we didn't necessarily highlight that. But, like, you know, they do stuff with the Red Cross and, like, do humanitarian effort Mm -hmm. um, type of things. So, um Like, there's a balance to some of it where it's not like all bad or all good because, like, humans Mm -hmm. are not going to be all bad or all good. And so, praying and, um, yeah, just supporting leaders who are more towards the good side might kind of help tip the scales.
1: Yeah. And also keeping a mind for God because, uh, even though we're getting bogged down 24-7 with media content that we might not want to be seeing, it's good to keep a mind for God even whenever you are interacting with those sort of things. I think that we're proving that all the time with this sort of show. Because let's say our first episode ever, which was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, that is a film made by Sony, one of the six. Mm-hmm. And we went in Wanting to first of all see Spider-Man do cool Spider-Man things because it's Spider-Man of course You want to see that but also Keeping our minds open to see what sort of things God could be teaching us through that sort of narrative And keeping us uh, Keeping ourselves open for if the spirit Says no you need to stop watching right Yeah so There are the things that Of course you can say that there are Good and bad things that every company will be doing No matter what it's very rare that you Have a company that's strictly doing bad things Um but for the times that you do see something bad or you are experiencing something bad, it's usually good to maintain that sort of thoughtfulness towards God so that either he can warn you ahead of time or prepare, prepare you for it, help you work through it, that sort of thing. But if it's a good piece of content, give you a restful mind because you're mm-hmm. able to enjoy the content, enjoy it for what it is, and then think back on it and See where you could have seen his face and that sort of thing. Yeah. Content.
0: And I think part of how we can kind of like keep our eyes on God while having media thrown at us, mm-hmm. um, because, like, again, sometimes you can't avoid media. Like, you walk down the street and it's like, oh, wow, that's a lot of posters. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> um, like, 50 on one wall. Like,
0: all of the advertisements.
1: It's all the same poster, too.
0: Yeah. And it's <laughs> like, I do not need all of that lipstick <laughs> like how many lipsticks do you think I'm going to purchase um, like I get I'm the target demographic as a young female but no anyway as I was saying <laughs>
1: <laughs> just venting out some personal thoughts there
0: <laughs> like seriously <laughs> um, part of what can be helpful um, with keeping our eyes on God is moderation. Mm-hmm. Um, don't just, like, dig yourself a hole and dive in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, people talk about, like, especially with YouTube or, like, Netflix, like, just, like, uh, what's the phrase that I'm thinking of where you, like, go down the, fall down the, like, YouTube rabbit hole? Yeah like, or like the Netflix rabbit hole or something like that. Not so much with Netflix but like, you know, it's a hole that you like, fall into Uh (laughs) because you're like, binging or like, you find a video that's really interesting, you're like ooh, I wonder about this, and what about (laughs) this and what about this, and then like you realize like, oh, I've been on here for like, five hours like, the whole like, Spongebob thing where it's like, eight hours later (laughs)
1: Eight (laughs) hours later Yeah. Yeah,
0: um and like social media does that too um, where it's just like the endless scrolling like it's a thing where technology and media consumption causes like happy chemicals at least in most people
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and the happy chemicals mean that you want to do it more so fight the happy chemicals (laughs) and control like have some self control and be like okay today like I'm going to only watch like this, uh, like this many minutes of TV or like only this many episodes or something. And like set that boundary for like how much of your life you spend on technology or watching media or whatever. Like it's not bad to endo- it, It's not bad to enjoy a TV show as long as it's like not jeopardizing your faith like there are some tv shows that you should probably be avoiding again Uh discernment
1: discernment
0: (laughs) um but if it's an okay tv show like it's not doing anything bad and like you know it doesn't necessarily need to be doing anything good like it can just be like for enjoyment Mm -hmm. and like you sit there and you're like yeah this like maybe isn't even teaching me that much about god but like it's teaching me about relationships and it's like you know helping relieve some stress and like you know you can sit there and watch a show but like don't watch 20 episodes of it in one sitting
1: yeah
0: um so like having some moderation i think helps break the control of Companies,
1: mm-hmm, because that's what we call addictions.
0: Yes, and companies
1: love it when you develop an addiction because that means they get a consistent customer for the rest of that customer's life.
0: <laughs> yeah, so just be aware of how much time you're spending on stuff, because a lot of us, I think, aren't always aware. Mm-hmm. Um, and because, like I said, like it doesn't always have to be like the most like oh wow yeah like this show just is like super deep and I'm like learning so much about God like yeah it can just be a fun little like fluffy show but like be aware of how much fluff you're like consuming.
1: Exactly and the same thing goes for when we're handling things like Disney has all these different things that they produce but most importantly they produce content for children Mm -hmm. and if a company is going to go and produce children's content it's important to keep our eyes on what is going on there I think there were quite a few people that I know that when they were kids, their parents didn't even check to see if something was okay. And I think I have one friend that ended up having... Uh, having. Let's see. It was the childhood experience of watching Watership Down because (laughs) it's a cartoon. So the parents thought it was fine. It it wasn't fine. No. Just a disclaimer for anyone who's very curious because we all have that, that sort of morbid curiosity about things. Watership Down, it's a film about talking animals and all of that.
0: Rabbits specifically. Rabbits
1: specifically. But there's also animals getting eaten. And yeah,
0: it's like a very like realistic portrayal of like nature and like r- how the rabbits go on a journey. Or something. Yeah, I haven't actually read the book it's, or seen the show. It, it's
1: supposedly a really good story and yeah. the classic animation. Like, it's a
0: classic. Yeah,
1: but the thing is that is I to read at
0: some point. That's the, even why the animation. I the summary.
1: Yeah, like the cartoon is. It's bloody Like it's (laughs) gory And it was old So it's It's weird to see Because you know When you're thinking of old animation You're thinking Oh Disney Cinderella Little Mermaid Uh, No it's that animation style But there's people getting cut And bit And bleeding And (laughs) Dying Yes a lot of death (laughs) So it's an adult cartoon But that's why you shouldn't be showing it to kids, but they didn't pay attention, so they thought, oh, oh yeah. I can just show this to my kids. It's a cartoon. It's like, no, you got to understand, there is such a thing as adult cartoons these days. Yeah. And Disney makes them sometimes.
0: hmm
1: <laughs> Now, Disney didn't make Watership Down, but at least as far as, far as I'm aware.
0: <laughs> it's probably owned I'm, I'm, <laughs> It's probably
1: owned by Disney. <laughs> so it's... It that's just Everything. that's just a whole discernment Everything. thing, uh, but this is also. A, are you having fun over there? It's a it's a discernment thing, but it's also a thing of maintaining awareness because mm-hmm. you can't just say, "Oh, it's made by Disney. This is okay for me to watch, or this is okay for my kid to watch." No, watch it first, or look into it first. Yeah, there are websites dedicated to parent reviews
0: yeah and those are super super helpful even for you Mm -hmm. because they'll be like yeah this is how much it swears here's if there's like any nudity or like Mm -hmm. parent reviews are really helpful if you're like I don't know if this is safe for a Christian to watch because a lot of the times like stuff that's not okay for kids are maybe questionable as like an adult
1: Christian as well Mm -hmm. and Pettit actually last episode he did suggest a system called Clearview um Clearview, I'm back and forth on it because on the one hand, yes, it does exactly what it is advertised to do. It will remove anything, anything at all that is in a specific filter that you may not want. So swearing, violence, nudity, any of that, it will remove it. Now, the reason why I'm iffy on it is because... If you plug it into certain films that you don't think have stuff like that, Clearview is like, no, I have a solid state morality. I will make sure that nothing ever gets in this ever. And then you might be watching a movie that you really like that you don't think has anything bad in it, but Clearview will say it does. And it mm-hmm. will cut scenes and all that. Actually, I have uh, one of my friends, uh, he went to go visit another one of my friends in a different state, and when he was there, I uh, found out his parents, that guy's parents used Clearview. So they wanted to watch Terminator 2. And they started watching it. Now, mind you, uh, my my friend's favorite movie is Terminator 2. So he's super stoked about it. He didn't know about the View system. <laughs> like 30% of the movie was cut out.
0: <laughs> Makes movies a lot easier to get through because they're so much shorter.
1: They're so much shorter. Yeah, everything is implied. There's not a single thing shown to the audience. They're smart. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, like, it does make it a little bit hard.
1: You would have to have the right audience for it. I think for kids it's fine. Yeah. Uh, as long as you're not showing them movies that would have 50% of the content deleted. Yeah. <laughs> like just because the clear views on it doesn't mean the themes aren't like being carried you through. Like picked
0: a rated R movie. Yeah, yeah like don't, sh- don't show R- them
1: Starship Troopers or something like that. Like that, that, that movie is awesome but it's also not designed for kids to watch. Yeah. Um, um, so.
0: Another thought that I had while you were talking about that which is kind of going off on another tangent. Or not really a tangent, but another train of thought. Mm-hmm. Um, choo-choo. <laughs> <laughs> so with kids and stuff especially, but also kind of adults. Um, the fact that so many people know and love Disney songs and sing them all the time is another sign of how much like influence Disney has. Yeah. and I think something that like people should be aware of just like <laughs> hey you're singing Disney songs like you hum a Disney song over humming like something that's Christian or like and like and sometimes people like hum or like get other songs stuck in their head too like I don't always listen to praise and worship music either Yeah. Um, but like that is something to think about like how much time are you spending consuming music specifically? Because, like, you don't even have to watch Disney movies and stuff to mm-hmm. be consuming it. And, like, there's some people who are like, yeah, I have the entire Moana soundtrack memorized because, like, that's all my kid ever listens to. and Or, like, my little cousin or whatever. And it's like... Okay, like I get like kids find something and they're like listen to it nonstop like um when my one cousin was 3 or 4, he listened to Frosty the Snowman on repeat ah. for like an entire day and then like after that we just like pretended the song didn't exist <laughs> um, and he was like can we listen to frost no no frost what, what's frosty frosty melted
1: kid <laughs> frosty's gone <laughs> it's your fault
0: We weren't like that, but we were just like, Frosty who? (laughs) A snowman song? That sounds really interesting. But then he would start singing it (laughs) because he had it memorized. Oh, no.
1: You didn't even need the song to be on there. Yeah, you didn't
0: even need the song anymore because he would just sing it, Uh, (laughs) which is part of why we stopped playing it. Um, Because when it was playing he would sing it but he wouldn't sing it at the same time as the song and so it would be like a round
1: oh (laughs) yikes a feedback loop even
0: yeah and so I get like kids find a tune and they are like play it play it mother um but like wouldn't it be cool if like The song they get stuck on was actually like glorifying to God or something like that. Think about VeggieTales. Yeah, like VeggieTales is fun. Um, And
1: VeggieTales follows a lot of the same stuff that Disney did. They wanted to focus hard on first of all making their uh, whatever it is that they worked on. They wanted to make it marketable to kids for things like toys, books, all of that. And they have that like I remember I don't Know how many of you out here know about Berean but there was a uh, Christian bookstore called Berean And they had this Massive section in the back because first of all it was a Huge Christian bookstore mm-hmm. it was Massive it was like the size Of a target it was awesome Uh, And in the far back, they had this whole corner of the store dedicated to kids areas And you could tell that it was a kids area because the floor would change It would go from this, you know, nice marble floor to a strictly red carpet sort of vibe And they would always have a TV in the corner playing some VeggieTales film Always, every time Uh, And so uh, VeggieTales had a special section dedicated to it Half of that corner was dedicated to VeggieTales tons of plushies, different plastic toys, all of this stuff. And it's all about the marketing. So it's not really about what kind of content you're getting or who is in control of that sort of stuff. It's really about what sort of things you choose to interact with. What things you choose to notice and see. And and
0: how much time you put into... Choosing to like spend On it
1: yes of course but it is okay to make Your child shut up by sitting them in front of VeggieTales for five hours
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that one but Yeah like um, For like what we would listen to In the car growing up You know we had other Music that we would play but my mom had Several discs that like Played like kids worship songs And so a lot of the time like She would put those in and I I don't really remember them now that I'm like 22 yeah but like I remember that's what we would listen to and like there's I like a lot of them are songs that like you would sing in church which is why i don't remember those specific tapes Mm -hmm. and like we played other things as well like we had a few like i think disney songs i don't know what they were from i mean disney songs
1: are good yeah there's no doubting that
0: um there was like a never smile at a crocodile song which i think is from jungle book or something probably i don't know um and so, like, we had one tape of, like, kind of quirky, fun songs like that. And then, like, we had, like, one or two of, like, Christian music stuff. And, like, we would flip between those tapes for a while. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes we just listen to the radio. So there was variety. And, like, if there was one song where I was, like, play it again, like, we'd listen to it twice. <laughs> but, like, I only got to listen to it twice. Like, setting those boundaries for kids, too, to help them, like, learn, like, hey, don't get obsessive with your media. Yeah is a good practice and like again I get like sometimes kids get really obsessive and like I'm not saying it's bad for them to like Disney but like it does get a little bit scary sometimes like when you see kids these days and they're like super into Disney mm-hmm. <laughs> and like nothing else
1: and that's the thing that's that's pretty much the point that we want to get at for this episode now that we're coming near to the conclusion The point that we're trying to make isn't that Disney is inherently evil or it's bad that they own so much. I think that's just a matter of success and knowing exactly how to operate your business. The point that we're trying to make here is that it's really up to you on how you want to consume this sort of content. If you end up getting so into Disney or other forms of content that it overrides your interest in Christ that's a problem.
0: Mm-hmm. Don't make it, it your identity. Exactly.
1: Like uh, you can be like uh, like me, I am a film critic. I love films. Films are fantastic. However, if I have to give up that life, if I have to give up being able to make content, if I have to be if I have to give up everything that I'm involved with in media, I'm ready to go for it. Like I'm I'm ready for whatever it is that God may have me do because I I want to put him first. Yeah. And that's the mindset you have to put on.
0: Yeah, who you are, like, first and foremost should be a follower of Christ. And then you can have all of your other interests. Yeah,
1: if, you're, if you want Identity things. And yeah. so,
0: like, if it is, like, oh, I'm uh, the biggest Disney fan ever, like, yeah, that can be your, like, second ranked thing but like first off it should be Jesus yeah
1: once you're done arguing with heretics about religion and all (laughs) that you can go and argue with your neighbor about whether Marvel is better than DC or not (laughs) yeah
0: like it's okay to be super nerdy but and like have things that you're passionate about like we should all be really passionate people because like our first passion is Christ.
1: Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Hopefully, I mean, I, <laughs> like, I would certainly, I would certainly hope that you are.
0: I'm adding listener. hopefully because I don't know where you personally are, dear listener. Dear listener. <laughs> um, but if Jesus isn't your first passion, he probably should be. Mm-hmm. Like, I, that's not a probably. He should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's kind of like just the main point I think of today.
1: Yep. And next week we'll hopefully get a personal account of that sort of lifestyle. Because next week we'll hopefully—I'm not gonna be able to guarantee <laughs> this. Uh, just like last time, with the musical artist guest. Um, there's another artist that I wanted to bring in. Uh, I'm not gonna—I'm not gonna say her name just in case <laughs> that she doesn't show up, so that I don't get everybody spoilers. all spoilers. <laughs> um, but she has made incredible music. I'm a huge fan of her work. And I mean right now I think she's got a couple million listens on Spotify and she's uh, she was a student here at Moody And she has dedicated her life to Christ. She's dedicated her music to the themes of that She doesn't specifically uh, sing about Christ. She specifically writes music about what is inspiring to her from that lifestyle (laughs) Admitting that there are things like, like how MNF writes his music Admitting that there are moments in life where you are not feeling quite okay yeah. so hopefully next week we'll be able to bring her in and talk about it um, the the whole themes that we're going to be talk, uh, trying to figure out there is going to be mostly tied towards building a bridge between non-Christian specific stories and truths and relating them to the truth that Christians follow so uh, kind of pinpointing what it is that we do on this show basically so we hope to see you then next week and we hope that you have a fantastic rest of your day
0: yeah bye
1: Hit me with a farewell.
0: Farewell.